collectively. We've all been through this process where literally everything that can be shaken has been shaken. I think there are a lot of Nehemiahs that are really going to come forward in this season and I think there's going to be a righteous and holy rebuilding of what God wants to see in you know many different areas and I'm really excited to see that play out. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith justice and how to change the world. I'm Anna and today I'm joined by Sandeep and Matt. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Mercy Shabemba, a global HIV activist sharing her advocacy of breaking the stigma around HIV, creating safe spaces and the role of Christians to join in with ending injustice. We are about to hear our next section, the plug-in, about the war in Ukraine. Since the timing of this section being recorded, there have now been many updates to the situation in Ukraine. We mentioned the role of journalism and how there can be both bad and good journalism out there. Journalists are risking their lives in order to report on the war, and sadly journalists have lost their lives. Even though we rightly draw attention to the problematic rhetoric that has come out from reporting on the war, we also want to honour and recognise the sacrifice of the journalists who have covered conflict across the world and in Ukraine, and also lost colleagues during the process. As the situation keeps changing, we wanted to mention these changes before you listen to the section so that you have a full picture. For more information, please turn to www.tearfund.org forward slash campaigns forward slash Ukraine hyphen crisis to learn more. Or check out that link in our show notes. Hey guys, and welcome to our plug-in section. Now, this is where we plug into what's going on in the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. So, obviously, at the moment, we're currently witnessing the devastating situation in Ukraine. And honestly, it's a reminder that this world is so full of division and disunity, with nation going against nation. But we've seen wars across history, and even continuing now... Examples being in Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan and Ethiopia and so many more. But you know what? We join the rest of the world in condemning such shocking use of violence against people in Ukraine, which has been a previously peaceful nation. And we understand that a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed and anxious, but we want to make sure that we give tips about how to pray, how to think about what's going on and how to keep a global perspective. So this is what we're going to be talking about in our plug-in section. So Matt, Start us off, like, what what are you thinking on all of this? Sure thing. So I guess for me, one thing is that in this day and age, we have social media. Back in the day, when things are happening like wars and violence and all kinds of things, you wouldn't see it until maybe the evening news or yeah. in a newspaper or something. But on social media, people are reporting in real time. Uh, we're seeing videos, we're seeing a lot of footage and that can lead to a lot of anxiety mm. because you're seeing a lot of things in real time. You're seeing things that perhaps you probably sh- don't want to see as well. Yeah. And so you really have to work to protect your mental health and make sure that, you know, it's okay to not consume some content if it's going to make you more anxious. Absolutely. But what yeah. do you guys think? What have you guys been seeing? What have what is out there yeah off the back of that i think something i've seen online is like you said it's almost sometimes like too much information for mm. our for our minds to really comprehend and that does cause that anxiety of, of and feeling helpless like we can't change things at the moment but also what i've seen is a lot of misinformation so i saw from i saw a movie clip that was getting circulated from the war of chimaras i think it was mm. and this movie clip was circulating with the specifically on tiktok and i think around instagram reels but it was 
it was labelled that it was Ukrainian soldiers mm. saying goodbye to their wives. But it wasn't. It was a 2017 movie clip. And this actually was shared by a very famous celebrity. I won't share their name because I don't want to, like, out yeah. them. But I was just, it really made me think about the accountability and responsibility we have if you have a large platform of how you use that well in times like this and what we say really impacts others. And, you know, it's, I just think it's so important that we, like, check what we're looking at mm. to check the credibility and, and validity of it. But Anna, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the fact that we're seeing so much information, but how much of it is misinformation. And I think this has really created a conversation about like what is good journalism and what is bad journalism. Mm. I think it's really amazing we're seeing journalists risk their lives. Like there's a lot of content now out there so we can learn about the war and like every day we're seeing its changes. But also there's been a rhetoric and kind of messaging about it that makes me really uncomfortable. We've seen some journalists talk about how you know, this this war is different now because it's hitting Europe and it's hitting white people and therefore these refugees aren't like refugees we've seen before. Mm. Basically kind of creating a messaging that we should care more and it's more shocking. Mm. But actually, like, if we think about God giving dignity to every single person and him being a God of justice over every nation, whether there's a war in the Middle East or in Europe, it should be just as important. So I think it's been really uncomfortable and shown actually the unconscious bias that is in people and they're like kind of the deeper mindset in some journeys when they're sharing about it and yeah I think it's really important to call that out and say that's not okay and that would be an example of bad journalism but yeah Sandeep and Matt have you been seeing that kind of rhetoric happening have you seen examples of that yeah absolutely so yeah I guess something that we've definitely been seeing in the news and on social media is the difference in how people have been treated when they are trying to leave Ukraine Um, So, for example, non-Ukrainian nationals, so overseas students from Africa or India and also ethnic minorities who have been living in Ukraine for a number of years, they've had difficulty when it comes to um, trying to leave the borders of Ukraine and going into countries that are providing safe passage. So you can condemn the war in Ukraine, but we can also condemn the racism that's been happening there, that people have been experiencing. There's clearly been uh, evidence of people not being treated equally or fairly um, at these borders when they're just trying to to leave, just like others are. Mm. And I feel like you know it's bad when there's a crossover of different injustices like that's when you just say this is too much like can we just stop (laughs) like can we take a pause Mm. on this and it's just awful some of the stuff that's been out there that we've seen I think I think it really also reminds us that we have to pray but it's in times of great need where we see injustice but I think people's hearts call out for something greater they understand that like humans can't change it like we're Mm. not in control so actually there needs to be someone good and powerful that can make like a difference how have you guys thought about prayer in this time do you have any suggestions of how we can pray Yeah, sure. I guess for me, sometimes because the situation can feel so overwhelming and there's so much going on, I at times don't know specifically what to pray for. But what I do pray for is for God to move into all these situations because um, at the end of the day, God is master overall and he can come in, he can bring change where, where we need to see change. And I think also just sort of placing any anxiety or burden that you might be feeling upon God. Um, He's able to take it. He's able to handle it. Um, And, yeah, he's definitely at work and on the move. Mm. And that can just, that can be a level of reassurance for us during these times. 
Yeah, and there are many things that we can do uh, alongside praying. Like, there's different ways in which we can do that as well. Like, um, also fasting as well during this time, actually, just to get that kind of spiritual feeding during that time. Mm. I think there's something with fasting that's different to praying. And I think it's something that we should practice during this time to really call on the Lord and seek him. But I also think, like different ways like written prayers I always write down my prayers like if I can like just because one it's a good way to look back on the Mm. prayers that God's answered but also I have a short attention span so writing prayers in German really helps me but also like praying with a map maybe visualizing this country the people where they're fleeing to the different surrounding countries around that as well like Poland Germany that are welcoming refugees it's looking at how can we visualize this so that we our hearts really do kind of connect into this situation you know and then also lighting a candle i think when we see utter darkness Mm. something i always come back to is i think john chapter one where it says it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and i think during this time we need the light of god to come in Mm. to shine on those uh, dark bits including you know the leaders and hand of God to move in that situation and so we should be praying for all these things Mm. and including those who are suffering because it's just horrific what's going on. Pray for those who live in Russia, pray for those who live in Ukraine and the surrounding countries as well the people who are receiving refugees into their country Um, yeah just pray for everyone that's involved because they're they're all affected in different ways, there's people who have been protesting in Russia and they face prison sentences and all kinds of things Mm -hmm. so yeah just pray for those who are fighting for for justice in this situation and time yeah i was just reminded of that verse in matthew 5 where it says blessed are those who mourn who and they will be comforted and just like if you are in a place of prayer and you find yourself like finding it quite emotional or you're grieving like whether it's about what's going on in ukraine or just injustice in the world and like the different wars I think just to remember the promise of God is that he will comfort us. So like we don't shoulder this burden alone. We don't shoulder like anxiety alone. The Lord is really like there. So yeah, yeah, I just pray that you take comfort as well, that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So guys, that wraps up our plug-in section. But if you're listening, please do go check out two articles that we've got on wearetearfund.org to read more about how you can respond to the situations of conflict. We've got some helpful ways that you can be praying that go in a bit more in depth. So do check that out so you can join in with our community and how we're coming together during this time. Hi Mercy, nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, I'm really excited to be on. Yeah, it's been a cool way that I guess I met you from getting you to do a Christian Aid survey and then having a chat and then just being like, wow, there is so much prophetic like wisdom inside of you and everything that you're doing. So yeah, Thank just you. really pleased that that can shine through and come out. But yeah, do you want to introduce yourself and who you are? Absolutely. So my name is Mercy Shabemba and I'm primarily an activist slash advocate um, I grew up with HIV, so I do a lot of work around what it means to be young and growing up with HIV and trying to address some of the inequalities and the stigma that come with that. But I also co-leading on the development of a fund, um, at one of the a, a UK charity that is looking to tackle racial inequality specifically for black children and young people. And I do various other things, um, such as being involved in governance. So I'm a non-executive director. Um, but yeah, just a whole host of different things, which is really fun. I like 
to have a lot of diversity in the things that I do and sometimes get a little bit muddled up but that's okay um so yeah that's what I'm up to yeah I mean that's a lot already and when you say you're an advocate it's not just like in the UK you've been in many different platforms so what does your advocacy look like oh good question I feel like it's changed so much but really when I started out I was gosh I think it was around like 17 16 somewhere there and it was really about me having my own I guess personal experience of realizing that actually I needed to be able to come to terms with talking about HIV because I mean it's a lifelong condition Um, and so really trying to grapple with why it was that I wasn't able to articulate or find the words to talk about it and why there didn't seem to be many places in society wherever I looked where actually I saw young people's experiences being spoken about but I also saw places where healthy conversation was being had about what this means what the impact is and all of that and so really it started off by just sharing my story of being young what it's like to you know be in different settings like education or you know healthcare settings and really trying to a encourage and inspire other young people to feel able to talk about it and share their stories in on their own terms and in ways that they want but also speaking to people who you know politicians decision makers in you know other fields and getting them to recognize that actually this this is still an issue that hasn't gone away it's not something that sort of happened in the 80s and everybody's moved on but actually there's Mm -hmm. this generation of young people that have grown up with this thing and have all of these experiences and you need to support them and also make sure that you're cultivating spaces where we are able to have conversations about the uncomfortable things like HIV. So amazing what you're doing and it's so important. But I know, yeah, it's a personal struggle as well in terms of grappling with you experiencing it and then also advocating for it. How have you found that advocacy for young people? What have been some of your highs and lows, especially as I watched your BBC documentary, Positive and Proud, where you were saying that you only knew of like four or five other people in the UK with HIV. So how's it been to like pioneer that and just keep going when it hasn't been a huge community around you? Yeah, I mean, advocacy is one of those weird things where there were, yeah, it's it's a series of so many different experiences and one day can feel like you're on top of the world and you've created the change that like you want to see in the world and then the next day you can be totally back to square one. And so it's been a real journey. I've had a lot of support and encouragement along the way, you know, from friends, family, etc. And in terms of highs and lows, yeah, I think... For me, the highs have really been about when I felt like I've made the most impact. I've noticed looking back and reflecting that I think a lot of the lows are around where I have felt like I've realised that I was trying to do things in my own strength and rely on myself to be like, I have to Mm. be the one to create this change or I have to be able to do this. And that feeling of feeling like you failed when actually what I've really had to learn and I'm still very much learning very much challenging myself on is am I confident enough in the righteousness of God that I know that me doing what I've been asked to do is enough and I don't have to place it on myself to be like oh and I've got to do God's part as well that's so good the lows that I recognize when I felt like oh it should have been me to do all that stuff when that's not what God's asked of me trying to grapple with the like holy burden that God puts on us to see change happen and to repeat his like to share his heart for justice but also then knowing that we're not the savior like it's not about us not that you're trying to do that but I know that I struggle with that as well of really wanting to do as much as possible that I can 
but then ultimately having to like rest in the fact it was never like about me and it's about God using me to do it. I'm sure a lot of people actually would really resonate with that when burdens become too much. How how do you go, okay, it's not about my righteousness? Like what has that process been to hand it back to God? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think it's A, recognising that. So, you know, actually this happened to me a few weeks ago where I had agreed to do something and the, just the closer it got, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, this is, I, I should, like, I should never have said yes to that. And I, I keep reminding myself that my yes to something is also my no to something else. And so if, if there's a yes, like, it's got to be, it's got to be really good reason, right? It's not just, it's not just because, oh, well, I didn't really have a reason to say no, but actually I need to recognize that. And so mm-hmm. the process is really just recognizing A, that I've done that, and then B, <laughs> trying to work out, okay, what's the best way to, yeah, have humility, but also grace and help, you know, whoever in the situation needs needs help and then really just sound it out with people like I've got an amazing coach and um, obviously I've got friends and family and just really try and keep having healthy conversations about like what what I'm doing and why I'm doing those things and trying to get mm-hmm. to the root of things I think especially for our generation <laughs> this has made me think of like this TikTok sound yeah this video that went, went went viral, but it was basically like someone talking about whilst you were all out doing nothing, I was out making moves. And it's it's this thing that I keep seeing in our generation that is like, you have to do as much as visibly and physically possible for you to like be successful when actually, you know, you need a Sabbath, you need seasons of rest and you also don't need to be doing everything all the time other people can do stuff too and really just recognizing when actually you're just taking up space that you don't need to be wow powerful yeah it is a question of like was that a spirit-filled decision in doing that and it's like god obviously sees our hearts there's a lot of like grace in that but it's working out actually like what is the quality that he's called us to rather than the quantity oof that's good that's so good (laughs) (laughs) i think i i definitely really like had to think it but all of those like identities and like insecurities come up like will I be able to do that what about this other thing what about that that I'm called to but I think I just feel really challenged actually because it's the Lord who like transforms us in my place of stillness I have learned so much more about his voice and his purposes over my life that I think if I had rammed every single like hour of my day I wouldn't have heard that and it's like because I've heard that now I have more direction but actually getting yourself to that place of vulnerability where it's like to other people it looks like I'm just like slacking off but actually to God it's about like his input and pouring into me it's challenging to do but I think it's really powerful yeah I think I've really noticed with like, I love working from home, don't get me wrong. But I remember at the start, it was suddenly that for a lot of people in work, it just became this thing of, like, you're having Zoom calls all day, but you're not actually taking the break to think and actually process your thoughts. And, you know, I've really tried to cultivate that time, not only in work, but in my personal life of actually, am I just jumping from Zoom to Zoom or Teams? There are other video chats available, but... You know, am I am I just going on this rat race of trying to keep putting my thoughts out there without actually recognizing what I'm putting into myself and creating that space for me to even have thoughts that can blossom and really play around with them and think through them properly? Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of like revelation from the Holy Spirit that wants to come into like 
society and like culture that is great and redeems and transforms but I think you really have to like tune into it and ask God what that is and then specifically like go through it and sometimes it's also a timing thing like not everything you hear in a moment is for now yeah but I think I often can just try and like jump in and be like okay that's great and then I do it and then I'm like oh no that didn't work as well as it could have if Mm -hmm. I just like prayed about that for a bit longer yeah kind of in that of like you thinking through thoughts and like blossoming and stuff what would you say not that you have like one message because I know it's like a lot more nuanced but what would you say is the main thrust of your advocacy and the main thrust of trying to break the stigma around HIV oh what am I really trying to push for I think for me I was sort of catapulted into this experience and my main thing is really about breaking down barriers so that obviously my name is mercy so that people can experience the mercy and redemption of God and understand that even beyond the uncomfortable messy things that we all have to go through in life you don't have to hide behind them and that isn't to mean that you know everybody has to live their life in the open and do all this global stuff but actually I'm really interested in being able to cultivate places where people can feel like, no, actually, God fully sees me and he's put me in a community where I can also be fully seen, fully known and fully loved. And, you know, obviously I do lots of different things and so that that will look, you know, different in lots of different ways. But I think that's really the core of what I'm passionate about, inspiring my generation to get out there and do do what they want to see the change that they want to see and stand up and be counted for the things that they really care about. Mm. and it's funny because in what we were saying about resting as well it just reminds me of that verse like I desire mercy not sacrifice and kind of like it's the kindness of God that speaks wonders not the religiosity of like doing this and that as the church Mm -hmm. so yeah I love that you're living up to your name as well I've thank you I guess like mercy sometimes can be quite like a jargon word how would you see mercy and like God's mercy ah good question it's funny so my going into a bit of theology (laughs) yeah yeah my little sister's called Joy so growing up it was always that if we got into an argument I would have to live up to my name but then I'd say well she has not been living up to <laughs> but I really I think it's it's about that undeserved sort of grace and favor really from God and also it just really speaks to a God who's close and not you know not this super far away like well you've done that so I can't be involved with you anymore but actually a god who gives chances and is so patient and so gracious and so supremely righteous and supremely holy but is able to cut across our normal human ability of thinking about forgiveness and grace and mercy and do it in such a supernatural way that it not only redeems in a way that you feel like oh you've been let off so you can kind of mess around again but actually draws you in becoming new and transformed every day Mm, that's brilliant (laughs) yeah especially as you've been like thinking about it for ages like that's a real testament to yeah what it is I don't know exactly your experience of like growing up at like school and uni or or just like living out with like living with HIV but there will be a lot of people who are in those spaces listening to this so I guess, how can we all make sure that we're making that a better space for people, yeah, with HIV so that there isn't stigma and that they feel the mercy of God in terms of love seen and known and close to? It's really interesting, particularly in the UK, I I feel like there's more and more conversation around HIV and particularly the role of faith and 
how we kind of cut through some of that stigma. But I think for me, it's about a lot of the stigma is linked to judgment of people and judgment of actions or, you know, a whole host of different things. But also it's linked to remembrance of knowledge that, you know, is either outdated or or remembering how it felt at the time when it sort of came on the scene and everybody was very obviously fearful we you know we've all just been through covid so i know what that feels like now to have a new virus on the scene that everybody's like what's going on but Mm -hmm. i think for me it's about living how jesus lived and not being afraid to get stuck in and involved even when you don't quite understand or you feel like oh that person has a bit of a messy life so i'm not going to get involved but just asking questions being humble and honest and gracious and loving and kind i'm gonna backtrack a little bit so obviously i grew up with hiv but there obviously came a point where i decided to talk about this publicly and openly and i remember when i was making that decision one of my biggest fears was but what people at church gonna say like is this gonna be something that keeps coming up or that like you know obviously people Mm. can have questions and thoughts but I just don't know how people are going to react and if they react negatively then I mean nobody nobody wants to feel excluded in church right that's like the last place on earth anybody should feel that way thankfully like it was you know it wasn't that everyone everyone's been really open and um supportive and you know really loving and kind and that's all that honestly I needed you know there have been times where yeah of course people have like said things wrong but it's church like we figure it out together and like we you know we go through that journey together um and so that that would be my my two cents on the matter yeah no that's really good and how have you manage both in terms of like knowing that you've grown up with like HIV your personal struggles your own worries about like church and how that's been yet also kind of this calling to speak out and be a voice on it yeah that's that's a really good question just cannot speak more highly of the local churches that I've been part of where actually the only thing I've ever had was encouragement and a real real engagement from you know whichever leaders that you know I've at the churches that I've been to recognize that and support me and help me in my journey of you know advocacy and you know especially when I've been grappling with some of you know the big I guess big questions that can be had especially within HIV like you know it intersects across so many you know quite hot and controversial topics and so yeah just honestly could not thank any of the leaders that you know have helped me grow enough and I think that's been that's been my key to it you know obviously consulting God but the leadership that you know I've been under and just working that out you know I'm only 23 so I've got a lot a lot of life left yeah. to live and also actually one of the main things has been being prepared to be wrong and being prepared to be challenged like on my part I think anybody who's involved in any kind of activism can feel like well I'm doing the right thing surely because I'm like getting involved and like doing something but actually it's not always the right thing and it's not always the right time and it's not always the right way and being open to hearing that can be really difficult when you feel like but this is who God has made me to be and I'm just like really passionate and all these things and it's like yes that's great but let's harness that properly and well and so that's been another key part of the journey being you know repeatedly prepared to be like oh actually no 
I'm wrong about, you know, doing this at this time or in this way or, you know. Mm. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, like, grace that you're tapping into. Like, even when you were talking about, you know, it's okay, that's church. Like, we have the conversation together. Like, I've heard a lot of stuff being like, you know, the church shouldn't be wrong on this, this or that, kind of like, let's just cancel it. Where do you think grace comes into, like, calling out injustice, but then also walking with people through it? I think I'm a firm believer in playing the long game and I think you know so many people in the bible I mean like they started stuff when by our standards they were ancient right and they had to really really wait (laughs) to see the things that they wanted to see and so you know unless I am you know Abraham and Sarah's age and I still haven't seen the thing that I thought I was going to see like I don't feel like I have the time to complain and I think that's part of it but also I think it's about recognising God's specific purpose for your specific time and your specific generation and recognising that actually there's a big picture. And so I think sometimes we can get so drawn into, you know, really honing in on what's wrong, which I think there's a place for and I think it's right. And I think that, of course, the bride has to eventually prepare. Like, you know, she's not... Amen. Amen. Yeah. Gonna walk down the aisle half ragged, but there's a process there's a process in doing that um and i think that yeah i think that's part of what i'm excited to see happen over the next 5 10 20 25 plus years um really see kind of our generation you know step into more of you know preparing the bride and i think in terms of people walking away because you know, obviously they they see injustice and they see that it's not changing. It makes me really sad because I just think it shouldn't it shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to get to that stage, right, where people feel so yeah, so excluded and so hurt that actually they can't be mm. in the place where God's presence should be most evident, right? And I just I think that's a really sad and quite scary place to be in. And I think and hope that as more and more people call that injustice out, and obviously in a gracious and righteous way, um, that people will, yeah, will will really start to recognise that. I can remember talking to someone and they were like, if you see a gap between the church and like what you're doing in like secular justice things, like be that person that bridges it. And I know it's difficult to be the one that tries to merge it together, but like Jesus was the one who reconciled all of creation back to him. So I think it's like, yeah, I guess if anyone wants that then I just release a reconciliation anointing over you yeah amen (laughs) yeah just just to be that because Mm. that's part like we're told to imitate Christ so that kind of passion is an imitation of what Jesus came to do but and I think yeah for anyone listening like it's hard to stay in those spaces let God protect you let God fight for you like he's the one who goes before us but yeah I think if you feel like there's a gap like stand in that and be part of it because each one of us is part of the bride like each one of us yeah it does that and if we leave the bride we do the bride a disservice as well yeah exactly so yeah I love how you named it as the bride because it is a really beautiful image of like us with Christ but I think sometimes we can look at church as like you know the building Mm -hmm. but it's actually like but spiritually we're the bride so remembering that there's like unity Mm -hmm. in that so yeah thanks for sharing that and I I also think a lot of it is you know the Bible says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. So it's as well recognizing sometimes that it's as important, to, it's more important to God than it is, you know, 
righteousness and justice are the foundation of the throne of God. Like, yeah. it doesn't get much bigger than that. And I think sometimes, you know, it can feel like you've done all this work and you've seen such little payoff. But actually, I think it's just about continuing to have confidence in who God says he is and who God can be and is and recognizing that yeah you you won't see the full fruit of everything that you ever do but there will be a time where I do believe that that will be revealed and made evident Mm. and I think that's really special yeah yeah I know that I mean me included there's so many of us crying out to God being like God why don't you care about this you're just letting that suffering go by and I feel like he's probably saying back, I care about it more than you do. So like partner with me in <laughs> yeah. it rather than yeah. thinking that I'm distant, like I'm there. Mm. And it's actually us more like joining into what he's doing, Yeah, which is so encouraging. Thank you for preaching that word. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of touched on throughout all of this about like faith and how it comes into it. I think sometimes people have the question of like, okay, I'm either called to like speak justice and speak truth in a church setting, or I'm like called to do it in like the world. And yeah, have you had to go through like a discernment process or how does faith come into your plans for your life? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I know particularly at the start of my own journey with advocacy, it it can feel that way, especially when you grow up in church, that either like you grow up and you work somewhere Christian and that's like... And so I think for me, it's been about recognising that like we're the salt of the earth, right? And so if you're living the life that A, you've been called to live of the life that the Holy Spirit enables you to live, then even just by being somewhere, like you change things and you don't Mm. necessarily have to be there with a microphone and your 10 Bible verses and your two worship songs and, you you know, bring down all of heaven. But actually, even in those still small moments with people, there's actually got like God, God with us, right? And you're you're there and you're bringing the kingdom. And, you know, I, I think it's Isaiah and I who talks about um, of his government and, you know, there will be no end. And um, I think sometimes we box things off, but actually God's kingdom is far bigger than that. And I think it's about recognising that you are a kingdom person, bringing the kingdom wherever you are. And mm-hmm. so in whatever you're doing, whether you're sending an email or having a meeting or, I don't know, sorting some files out, like you're doing it in a way that is different to others. No, no, no. I think I'm going to hit another level of abstract. but um, Because it does say in Corinthians that we have like the fragrance of Christ around us and that's truth. And I know like in the natural, it's not like like in the movies where you see someone and they've got all these like flowers falling off them but in the suit but in the spiritual realms like the, yep. the fragrance is there and that makes yep. a difference and I've heard stories of like people walking into rooms either just like praying in their head or something and someone else is being like whoa what's going on mm. so I think people sense it yep. they sense the light around us more than we know ourselves so I think part of it is just walking in the authority of like there's fragrance around us as you're saying we're called to be salt and light we're called to shine and then just like live that out. And even though it feels bold, like God's called us to be bold and courageous, like we're more mm. than conquerors with yeah. him. So yeah, I think that's really important to remind us of, yeah, the abstract nature of what it means to be a Christian as well. Like earth is temporary. Mm. You know, this yeah. isn't our final home. The whole point is to point people more to what Jesus has like come to do. 
And we also don't know sometimes with our words, like it might just be one clever idea, but you don't know that that brings more of like the transformation that God intended in the business sector or in this Mm -hmm. sector. So yeah, I love that about walking it out and sometimes trying to not make it as complicated as we do as Christians. I don't know, we just like all strive so much to like have God's love. (laughs) But the whole point is we've already got it. Like the song, the Mm. melody is already being sung over us, whether we just like sat on the floor for the rest of our lifetime. Or if we mm-hmm. went out and like did yeah everything he wanted us to do. I feel like I'm getting a little preach from Anna today. I'm loving it. This is so refreshing. No, I, <laughs> no, I'm getting it from you. I'm getting all your like prophetic wisdom yes. and like desire. So yeah, talking about your prophetic wisdom, you shouldn't have to like break the stigma around HIV, but you are doing that because that's part of the injustice in this world. Five to ten years, what do you want to see changed? What are you really, yeah, rooting for? What would be, not success, but what would be, like, you're seeing the Lord, like, partnering with you and, yeah, you'd be encouraged by? Oh, that's a big question. I think that the past, obviously, what, two years almost, have obviously been really difficult and really, really a big challenge. But I think it reminds me of, I think it's in Hebrews, where it talks about everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I really think that collectively, we've all been through this process where literally everything that can be shaken has been shaken. And I think that, you know, for want of a better term, hashtag build back better. I think that there are a lot of Nehemiahs that are really going to come forward in this season. And I think there's going to be a righteous and holy rebuilding of what God wants to see in, you know, many different areas in abundance. And I'm really excited to see that play out. I think particularly in relation to HIV and, you know, more broadly health equity, I think, I guess, access to healthcare and what that means for, you know, different nations and different countries is one of the things that I am really, that's what I really want to see change over the next five to 10 years. But also in terms of the work that I do around race, I think for many of us, 2020 was the first time where actually people had eyes open to really see what, what's been going on. And I think that there is a, yeah, I guess kind of a Kairos moment that I think really opened up to be able to start having not just, you know, deep and meaningful mm. conversations, but I think a um, a duty to see change happen. And I really hope and see that I think the the church is having to respond to that a lot more. And I think that through that and, you know, all of the other things that, you know, will probably happen over the next five to ten years, I just feel like there's going to be a real, real radical shift in what it means to live out, I guess, the fruits of the spirit and also love your neighbour and see that in reality and truth. And so I'm really excited to see how both the local church, as in, you know, all the different local churches and the global church really model that and live that out over the next five to ten years. I'd love for you to just pray that out over people. Everything that you have done, like, since you started, like, as a teenager or, like, late teenager, it's incredible what you have achieved in, like, the last six years. And I think your, like, perseverance and consistency to show up, to speak out, to also look after yourself and to work out what that means in loads of different fields. It's just, like, it. yeah, you really are, like, a leader. And I think a lot of people will be encouraged just from, like, hearing that and hearing how you partner with, like, the Holy Spirit to 
yeah to see that happen so yeah I'd love it if you could just kind of pray over people who are thinking like oh I want to be like Mercy like I want to do that as well yeah yeah absolutely and thank you so much for having me on God I just want to thank you the righteousness and justice of the foundation of your throne and thank you that you have created us to be one with you and reconciled to you Lord and that you have given us the gift of your mercy and redemption And Lord, I just ask right now for anybody who's listening or anybody who's um, watching or however people receive this, Lord, that I just pray that your your wisdom and your grace and your... um, your supernatural direction stirs something new within them lord gives them fresh ideas fresh anointing and fresh grace to uncover more of how your kingdom will um come on earth lord but also um enable them to equip uh those around them and themselves to be able to bring more of your kingdom to expand you know your government and peace which has no end lord and i just thank you for your holiness and your love and your grace lord and i just pray for all of you know the different world issues that people are focusing on whether they're you know huge and global or um just a local issue lord i just pray that you give people a renewed sense of hope and faith to be able to see a change in those things and not only a change but actually a supernatural change a change that people will look at and say only God could have done this and I pray for that to be the testimony of this generation and all the generations who are listening Lord as we you know continue through you know this season of this pandemic but also beyond that Lord I just pray that the testimony would be that only you could have done what you could do amen amen thank you so much it's been great to chat yeah it's been absolute blessing to have you mercy is such an incredible woman the fact that she has been both in global and local advocacy is just yeah she's amazing she has such a good prophetic understanding and experience and she's really like shared that and proclaimed that even when she was talking about what she wanted to see change in the next like five years Mm. i love that it was spiritual but it also talked about the healthcare system changing Mm. so it was yeah it was just really seeing structures reformed i think the thing that stuck out to me most was how much grace she had when she was talking about challenging the church and playing like the long-term game I just really thought like wow sometimes when I'm annoyed with the church in general it's just because right now it hasn't changed but actually like if we look at you know movements over a while we can really see the difference I think her grace her truth and her love for her church and the church to really reflect Jesus was such a good like challenge but also Mm. encouragement to me but yes Andy what stood out to you? Something that stood out to me was the point she made about her name and actually her name being Mercy and how that just really weaves through like her calling and her purpose and her experience all combined. That actually she's living who she is uh, quite literally in the fact that she's creating environments for other people that are experiencing um, HIV to kind of come together and she's creating that space for conversation and facilitating that. And I just, you know, even how she mentioned her sister called Joy. I think there's something about names and living up, living out your name and the meaning of it, which is so poignant. And so like for me, my name's Sandeep and my name means everlasting light. And I do hope that, you know, others around me would think, you know what, Sandeep, you are an everlasting light, you know. But I think there's something about that. It can kind of feel like a burden 
to try it, or we can think of it in a way of an expectation that we have to live it out. But actually, when we know God and who gave us our names mm. and, and the meaning behind it, it actually just helps us to just be who we are, doesn't it, really? And mm. I think it was just really inspiring to hear how Mercy, even her whole journey from when, you know, growing up with HIV to then actually when she shared that she then became confident to talk about it. I just think her journey is really powerful. And yeah. I think the impact she can have will be everlasting and will create that space for mercy for others. So, yeah, that's what I thought. So what about you, Matt? What did you think? Yeah, so what she said about um, Christians being called to be salt and light, and it's just a good reminder to us that actually let's have some impact in this world, in the spaces that we um, operate in, whether it be school, college, uni, work, you name it. Let's actually try to be salt. Let's try to be light. Let's try and brighten up these places let's bring some seasoning to these places um all the you know we're called to be so much and there's so much more that we can be in the places that we are so let's think about ways that we can have an impact in Mm. the spaces that we operate and hold Mm. such a good challenge to end on let's be people of salt and bring seasoning flavor Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you, Matt and Sandeep, for joining me. And thank you to those at home or on a walk listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. If you like what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at WeAreTearFund. Also, if you'd like to give us a cheeky rate out of five, we would love five stars. Thank you. And please make sure you're following us. 